plots and forget-me-nots Written by Guts and Glitter Read by Literarian Chapter 12 All's well that ends well to end up with you Summer 2021 The shop had been quiet all morning, likely due to the recent heat wave. The streets outside were empty, as the city's typically insatiable appetite for shopping seemed to have been sapped by the sweltering temperatures. This worked just fine for Aziraphale, who was perched behind the counter with his nose buried in a dog-eared copy of Persuasion. You pierce my soul. I am half agony, half hope. Tell me that I am not too late, that such precious feelings are gone forever. I offer myself to you with a heart even more your own than when you broke it almost eight years and a half ago. It was his favourite part, and he'd be lying if he said that every time he read the book, he didn't reread Captain Wentworth's letter several times. In years past, it had always made him cry, but today it just made him smile and idly run his fingers across his left sleeve, thinking of the small forget-me-not tattoo that now graced the skin beneath it. He had only read the passage twice through when the bell above the door rang, breaking the Austin-induced trance. Crowley sauntered in, carrying a bag from their new favourite Thai restaurant. Hiya, Angel, he drawled, giving a lazy grin. He'd forgotten a jacket that day due to the heat, which left his sinewy inked arms on full display for all to see. Aziraphale felt a soft, sun-warmed feeling spread through his chest. He didn't think he would ever tire of that feeling or the fact he was now able to do something about it. Hello, darling, he said, leaning across the counter to press a small kiss to Crowley's smiling lips. Got us summer rolls and some of the cold sesame noodles. Didn't think we needed any more heat in here, Crowley said, dropping the bag on the counter. I couldn't agree more. Aziraphale stood and stretched his shoulders, wincing as his neck cracked. Can you stay very long today? Anathema said she would bring the baby by this afternoon. Oh, Angel, don't tell me you volunteered us to babysit again. Crowley groaned. I only just managed to get the sick off the Bentley seats. She's traumatized. So am I, for that matter. Aziraphale cocked an eyebrow and hummed. Hmm. Yes, terribly traumatized. Yet I distinctly remember you cooing over him at the time, worrying about his poor whittle tummy. I did nothing of the sort. Crowley scoffed, crossing his arms over his chest. 
And I won't stand for such blatant slander. See if I ever bring you lunch again. He cocked a hip out, leaning against the counter with his trademark artful slouch. You don't mean that, Aziraphale said, batting his eyelashes. Crowley pursed his lips, clearly ready to dispute the claim. After a beat, he sighed and deflated. <sighs> no, I don't mean that, he muttered. Aziraphale rocked up on his toes and pressed a kiss to Crowley's reddened cheek. Let me just close up so I can give you my undivided attention. He circled the counter, stepping deftly over one of Dog's chew toys and around the small folding table Madame Tracy used to do customers' tarot readings, wending his way to the front of the shop. Since Anathema and Newt's wedding, the shop had failed to become any less cluttered. If anything, it had only grown more chaotic. Bright assortments of petals and greens co-mingling with the hodgepodge of Aziraphale's new life, evidence of the eclectic mix of individuals he had come to think of as family. It was less of a flower shop and more of a very small community centre which played host to Bible study sessions and seances alike. On any given afternoon, one could come in and find the them studying for their exams, or Newt disassembling an ancient Macintosh, or Crowley feeding a frozen rat to Alistair. It was messy and confusing for customers, but it felt just right to Aziraphale. It helped that Ninth Circle was so successful, so AZ Fell and Co. was generally free to operate at cost these days. Aziraphale flipped the sign on the front door to closed and turned the key in the lock, idly glancing out the front window as he did so. Two teenage girls were walking by, hand in hand. He smiled and started to turn away, then froze. The girl on the left, who was sporting blue hair and combat boots, looked terribly familiar. He frowned and racked his memory trying to remember where he'd seen her before. A friend of the them, perhaps? But no, she seemed a bit too old for that and too young to be one of Anathema's. He frowned and chewed his lip, trying to place her. The girl glanced his way and grinned, giving a big wave. She nudged the other girl and said something, causing her to smile and wave too. Cassidy, his memory supplied. The girl from two summers before who'd been so scared about her first date. His heart swelled to see her now, walking down the street hand in hand with another girl, loving out loud, without fear or trepidation. He wondered if this was the same girl who'd received the flowers. Sarah, he remembered, or if it was someone else. 
he wasn't sure which he preferred to believe. That it was Sarah and the pair had forged a bond that had lasted for over two years, or if it was someone different and that Cassidy had become confident enough to ask other girls on dates. He supposed it didn't matter either way, not with how brightly she was smiling. Cassidy said something else that made maybe Sarah laugh and drop a kiss to her shoulder, the perfect picture of young, carefree love. They turned away from the window, once again becoming wrapped up in their own little world. Aziraphale craned his neck to watch as they rounded the corner and finally disappeared from view. After a few moments, Crowley came up behind him and wound his arms around his middle. He placed a soft kiss on Aziraphale's temple before resting his chin on his shoulder. What was that all about? he asked. Aziraphale shifted, settling back against Crowley's chest. He brought his hands up to rest over Crowley's, relishing the tiny metallic click as their wedding rings bumped against each other. From this angle, he could see their reflection in the window, translucent and slightly faded. The glass softened the edges of their reflections, smoothed out the worry lines and marks of age from both their faces. In the reflection, they were timeless. They looked just like they had thirty years earlier, and just like he knew they would in another thirty years. It made for quite a pretty picture. Two ageless fools, loving each other in full view of the world and not caring a whit who saw. Aziraphale sighed and shifted, allowing himself to sink deeper into Crowley's embrace. That, my dear, was a happy ending. The End